The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we wrap up the trading week, we are joined by Kent Beadle. Ken is with CHS Hedging and the Russell Consulting Group based out of St. Paul, Minnesota. We look at the markets. I tell you, we had some optimism when we started hearing those rumors out there that there were some purchases coming in from uh, China in regards to our soybeans, Kent. And then we did see some sales, but the last two days, those numbers sure aren't reflecting that that excitement that's out there in the marketplace from the farmer's perspective. No, and, and when you think about it, um, it's sort of a pretty typical, you know, buy the rumor, sell the fact sort of response, uh, especially when the rumors um, end up being fairly significant and where the daily flow of sales as they occur are going to be, you know, just some portion of the overall total, which we really don't know what that total is. So, um, you know, we... You know, it was good to see. Uh, you know, it's it was good to see that we finally got some uh, sales on the books. I think this week uh, we could safely say that the Chinese bought somewhere between one and a half and two million tons of soybeans, and uh, we think that that was their state-owned entities. You know, a, a Sino Grain or a Kafco that um, that purchased those beans. We don't believe uh, that the Chinese crushing industry, the private Chinese crushing industry, is uh, is engaged as of yet. And uh, actually, crush margins are, are are relatively poor in China right now, um, with uh, a fair amount of excess meal on hand, given the issues that they've had with the Asian swine fever and the loss of hogs, and uh, and therefore a certain amount of meal demand. Um, but uh, you never know how that might ultimately shift, especially if the government um, makes it known that the, they would like the Chinese crushing industry to start getting getting some soybeans bought in order to help the the tenor of the negotiations going forward. So it's um, you know disappointing price action. I think uh, we should keep in mind there is still uh, a gap in the chart that was left on uh, this past Sunday night. And we have a little bit to go yet in order to fill those gaps. And it's now been two full weeks when those gaps have remained open. And so, um, you know, I, I do believe there's still some shorts in the marketplace. And they'll probably be very interested in, in getting some coverage if we dip here too much further. Well, you know, Kent, I was reading earlier today that they said right now the U.S. is where China is going to be looking at least for the next uh a few months in the horizon, but we know that just around the corner, within weeks, we're going to start seeing some combines rolling in South America. So that new crop pressure has got to affect the way we look at this trade in the near future. Well, that's true. And, uh, you know, most people's assessment of the South American crop is that it's pretty good. Uh, there are some areas, uh, uh, especially in the north, that have started to uh, uh, move to a little bit drier profile, and uh, this week some of the private estimates in Brazil, um, which had been quite optimistic, have started to be tempered just a little bit. Um, it's true they got their crop planted early, so they're going. We're going to see more new crop soybeans a little bit quicker. Uh, but it's also true that um, you know, given the the sheer numbers of soybeans that they have shipped this past year to date. 
that their carryout um, stocks uh, going into this harvest are likely to be pretty small, and that at least uh, you know the first part of that harvest could well end up being used for domestic purposes. Uh, could also be uh, uh, end up economically being uh, shipped south into Argentina. Um, before it would be economic for them to move those beans uh, back up into China. So, you know, we're, we may have a little bit of a window here, um, maybe even a little longer than some people think. But um, but you're right, uh, there's going to be a lot of soybeans. Uh, you know, certainly by the 1st of March, uh, you're going to have a marketplace that's going to flip over to South American origins once again. When we see the movement in the country at this point, are we going to see a, a fast pickup in pace before Christmas? Well, I think that there was uh, there, there was definitely some activity here this uh, uh, this week on the rally, um, on the, and I, uh, I. But I but keep in mind that you know you we've got really really big carries in the marketplace, and so yeah, you know when the price levels uh, spiked. Um, you you saw some hedge activity, but I think a lot of it ended up being out on the deferred part of the curve because that's where the prices really are quite good. Um, you know, you start thinking about um, uh, July or August beans that at one point were you know up over nine fifty to nine sixty a bushel. That was a, a pretty doggone good sale, and um, that's where I think we saw more of the activity than anything against the front end. You know, which is uh, currently trading you know at a a 40 cent discount to uh, to the August futures, for example. What are we seeing? I know uh, we had talked about this briefly before we started the final bell, was those rumors that are floating that China is going to be making those purchases of corn as well. Nothing concrete to that talk, is there? Well, nothing concrete, nothing that, um, that showed up in the daily report. Um, uh, and in, in fact, it was a, a Bloomberg story, then followed up by a Reuters story uh, that they were, you know, looking at taking about three million metric tons. Um, that's a that's a big change relative to what people would have thought uh, that that uh, Chinese would need to take. I mean, we all know that they would probably like to take some beans uh, because they haven't bought any and uh, that they would probably buy some U.S. pork and maybe some ethanol and maybe some DDGs, a lot of those types of things. But to actually come in and take corn is a bit of a surprise. And um, uh, it, quite frankly, puts into question uh, some of the estimates that the USDA did on Chinese stocks. Because if you remember in early November when the USDA um, made revisions to not just Chinese production, but the Chinese stock. Come on, folks. We have more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up after this on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're being joined by Kent Beadle again as we look at the markets. We didn't get a chance to talk about the wheat. And I thought you had an interesting comment um, before we started that, you know, wheat, um, looking at the charts, they look pretty good right now, but it wasn't a great day for a Friday for wheat trade. No, it was not a good day. Um, you know, Minneapolis down four, Chicago down five, KC only down a couple. Um um, but all of those markets this week, uh, after essentially reversing higher and, and key reversals higher two weeks ago, higher lows, higher highs this last week, and now 
uh, today we finish up this week also with uh, higher lows and higher highs, uh, even with today's uh, lower trade in the market. So, I've, you know, that's a that's actually pretty good technical price action, very bottoming type price action. Uh, we do ultimately believe that uh, we're going to start to see wheat uh, work into uh, world exports uh, to a much more significant degree than they do today. Um, you know, there's been a, a big rush to buy some of the cheaper uh, Russian supplies over the last number of weeks, and yet there's been uh, also an underlying concern within the Russian government about too many of those stocks uh, leaving Russia and um, that their, their domestic price has been taking too large of a jump higher. And so there's actually been a number of meetings held about possibly curtailing some of those exports, and we're hearing about more of those meetings being scheduled. So, um, you know, it kind of points to the idea that we're going to start to see some uh, more significant wheat export business start to move over here to the U.S., and I do think that's why we're starting to see a better technical picture on on, uh, wheat futures here, uh, both in KC as well as Chicago and Minneapolis. Well, we're having some decent warmer temperatures, milder weather. Some say that's going to really help this late emergence um, for this winter wheat crop in the areas that obviously are going to be seeing the 40s and 50s over the next couple of days. Yeah, it's it's, um, it's a little bit late uh, to be thinking about that, but right. uh, you know, some of some of this uh, some of this wheat got planted very late. And if you were able to get soil temperatures up, you might be able to get some additional germination and emergence. Um, I'm not sure just how well uh, that's going to go, to be honest, at this late in the year. uh, You wouldn't expect uh, it would go too long before we start to get some freezing temperatures again and uh, uh, put things back potentially back into dormancy. But, um, yeah, it's a... it's nice to see that we're going to have a few nice days, and uh, hopefully that helps the wheat crops out a little bit because um, it's been uh, it's been kind of a tough start to the year in, in many cases. You bet. Any little positive talk that these other commodity brokers can come up with adds a little bit of excitement to this wheat complex. As we uh, jump over to the livestock side, Kent, the hog market, it's been interesting as of late. I kind of thought maybe we would have seen a, a positive end on a Friday trade, but not so much. Well, of course, you know, the underlying um, issue is Asian swine fever and and the uh, impact that that's had on Chinese production. And so, you know, we've had an awful lot of back and forth choppy kind of trade in the hogs, wondering if and when we were going to start to see um, more significant pork exports into China. Obviously, this week when we start to see uh, beans uh, being sold and discussion of corn being traded, um, you know, you have to start to look to the hogs and maybe think, well, that's going to happen as well. Um, you know, we this morning we had a had a very very good start to the day. Uh, we were up nearly two dollars a hundred in the February hogs, uh, and then we ended up reversing uh, the entire complex lower, and that just. Uh, that just goes to goes to show that there's not necessarily uh, any unanimity about how much we're going to sell or whether or not we're going to sell them anything. Um, and in fact, you know, we did see some pretty poor economic numbers out of China this morning, and so the stock market has been hit today um, based on those numbers. And I think that sort of put a bit of a pall on the idea that we were going to 
ultimately be selling the Chinese a lot of pork given their uh, um, poor economic numbers. And uh, it certainly had an impact on hogs here today. Are we seeing any early holiday pressure on either the hogs or the cattle at this point? I I think that the the kind of price action that we've had is is maybe a little bit toppy and maybe a little bit choppy, but it doesn't really feel like holiday pressure yet. It okay. just sort of feels like um, like like this day to day uncertainty about are we going to get something good out of China? Is it going to be bad? Um, you know what sort of what sort of domestic trade are, are we having? You know we've held the the pork cut up cut out up pretty well um and you know quite frankly the cattle have held together much better than many people thought that they would as also although they did uh, they did turn a little bit lower finally here today it just feels like a real um you know kind of choppy back and forth we're not sure what tomorrow's going to bring all right what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you kent i'm at 800-851-0892 um all right that's the fontanelle final bell right here on the rural radio network You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.